0: there it is ladies and gents an exit strategy you got into business did you know how you were going to exit your business chances are probably not but today's guest is going to help us figure that out is a full exit the best choice for you hmm let's find out
1: shut up and sit
0: down is your business in need of customers then you found the right show Hernan Sias is the
1: business bro, and he makes getting customers fun and easy. Watch,
0: listen, and learn as each episode is designed to sell. Welcome to another episode of... Business Bros! All right, ladies and gents, let's see. Who do we got on the show today? Some fire. Here we go. There's never been a better time to half-retire. You hear about it all the time, though. People retire and then they die. You see, purpose is important. And without it, you got nothing. But you don't want to be stuck in your business either. So with proper training, tools, and support, you too can put yourself in a position where you can half retire. Curious to find out how? me too let's welcome to the show author of half retire keeping your or keep your business ditch the stress jim mule all right jim let's do this man welcome to the program great to be here thanks all right, let's start off with question number one, which is always the, why did you get into this? Why are you doing this?
1: Because I want to know.
0: Why, why get into the half retirement business?
1: So I have uh, been coaching business owners for 20 years. I've done over 11,000 one-on-one coaching sessions. And you know what happens when you do that many? You start to see patterns.
0: Yeah. And the pattern I so.
1: that I started to see is that business owners fall into three buckets. And they either cannot afford to sell their business, right? They make three or four hundred thousand dollars and then they go to the broker and the broker says, hey, we can get you a million dollars for this. And then they start saying, well, I got to pay you and I got to pay taxes and I got to pay, you know, the the accountant and I got to pay all these fees. And by the time that I'm done, I could just run the business a year or two more and be in the exact same position as if I sold it. Uh, which leads to a, a saying that is, goes around the exit community. People don't sell businesses for money. They sell them because they're frustrated. Mm. I, I, I just don't want to do it anymore. You know, My BS meter is full. And so we don't want to do that. It's just a horrible economic decision. Because how about this? I've had people take the lump sum of money that they get from selling the business and then go buy an annuity. So they, they had a $300,000 annuity. Now they trade that for $600,000 in cash and go get 5% return on that cash. Uh, the reality is if, if you sell your business for the 3X that most small businesses get for every $100,000 that you make, you need to sell your business for $3.4 million.
0: Mm, that's a huge multiplier there. And, and you know as you're describing that, I, in my mind, I'm reminded of uh, the saying for people who buy boats, right? the Their best day in a boat owner's life is the day they buy the boat and the day they get rid of the boat. And that acronym for a boat is like bust out another thousand. Like it's always a headache trying to maintain this thing that, that, you're, that you're, and it's a vessel, right? I mean, essentially your business is your income vessel. It's the thing that's been generating your livelihood for a long time. And now You're thinking of getting rid of it, but you're getting rid of it because of stress. So what what is it that you do? How do you help these businesses? What do you do?
1: So the goal of half retirement is to get a business owner working a lot less in the business. Uh, You make our Hall of Fame if you can work two half days a week. So (laughs) we've had people that have done better than that. Uh, The current record is a guy that never set foot in his business for two and a half years and took a salary that is high enough that I will not say it out loud. Nice. It was a ton of money. Uh, For for just because here's why. If I go buy stock in Google, right, you you have equity in your business, you put in cash, you put in sweat equity, there's a piece of capital in your retained earnings or what you have in your business. If you put that same money into Google or Apple, they would pay you for your ownership. Right? Mm-hmm. They, a dividend stock pays a return and you don't need to show up every day and you don't have responsibilities and you don't have the headache of employees. You just get paid a return on your investment in that business. And a lot of business owners forget that piece, that it's really just a modified job. Uh, sometimes if I, if I get angry with them, I'll call it the chief job holder in charge. You know, <laughs> th- that There's no owner there. There's just the person that works the hardest and is theoretically the person in charge, but it's a job to them, too. And so what we do with half retirement is take three times the people, these people that it's bad math to sell the business, much better to hang on to that income stream than to sell it for for a lousy fraction. Secondly, I don't want to retire or I don't want to fully retire. I only like golf so much. I only like my boat so much. I had a guy's wife tell him, I love you, but not that much, meaning (laughs) don't be around so much. Yeah. So I, I still want to stay active. Right. And, and we are not we are not our parents. You know, we don't want to gold watch and to sit on the rocker on the porch and just relax. We want to be active. And what better way to do that than to keep your business connections and keep your mind sharp and keep that income stream that will change your life in your business, but make it more palatable that you won't have this. I'm fed up. I just need to not do this anymore. And then the third is transition. I've got kids in the business, but they're not ready to take over. Uh, I want to give it to my employees, but there's nobody there that can do it. And that business owner is still needed. So what we do is we find your Picasso work. And Mm -hmm. what that is, if you think about selling a million dollar painting, what needs to happen at the bare minimum to collect a million dollars for a painting? And that is the artist needs to touch the brush to the canvas and sign it. They don't need to decide what to paint, they don't need to mix the paints, they don't need to stretch the canvas, they don't need to market it, they don't need to sell it, they don't need to collect money, they don't need to do any of those functions, they just need to do the most important work that is high skill, high value, and we all have that, and it takes a small fraction of our time to do this genius work that we all bring to our business. The problem is we're also the catch-all for all these tasks, right? That mm-hmm. there's there's a little bit here that needs to get done, so it comes to me. And, like, you're the catch-all that catches all this crap. And you have 100 jobs before you know it, and it's this hairball. And inside that hairball is the Picasso work, and you can't just get to it and separate it. You have to untangle that hairball, and it cannot be done through delegation. Everyone thinks, I'll just delegate. Hate to break it to you, not going to work. Because you know Why? How many business owners have never heard of delegation? Everybody's heard of it. Right. They know what it is. They theoretically know how to do it, yet they haven't done it. Why haven't they done it? Is it because they're stupid? Is it because they're lazy? Is it because of this crap that we read in the press that we're just bad delegators because we're business owners and we're control freaks? No, it's because it is undelegable. You can't do it. In its current form, we need to change the format of the work and then it will become work that we can pass off. And so we use this acronym called fever, where we'll break that into pieces and use some techniques so that we can untangle the hairball, get you down to your Picasso work, which is that two half days a week. And you're now you're adding economic value to the business, which means you can still collect that nice salary that you get and you get rid of the BS.
0: All right. So. When I hear the word retirement, I always think age, right? And when I talk to people about retirement, I always hear age answers as well. And what you're describing to me is not really solving an age problem. You're solving a cash flow problem, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's it's you're 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 putting in systems in place, you're putting in processes in place so that you're essentially buying back some time. This is a cash flow problem. Am I hearing you correctly?
1: Sure, if you think of your business as an annuity instead of a job, it completely changes. I mean, so for instance, when I was in law school, I realized I didn't wanna to go to law school, but I, I didn't have the guts to quit. So I bought a franchise, I bought a key franchise, I opened several stores while I was in law school, not the smartest thing to do. And then eventually I was like, well, that was a fun hobby during law school, but I don't wanna be you know, Jim the Muffer guy with my little polyester shirt that said Jim. And, it, and, and so I wanted to sell them, right? Well, I should have half-retired at 25 years old mm-hmm. because I had several hundred thousand dollars of income stream that I sold way too cheap. It was a big check. It was it was nice, but nothing compared to the wealth that I would have today if I would have just kept that and figured out how to do something along the lines of half-retire. But frankly, I wasn't smart enough at the time to do it.
0: All right, so let's talk about the problems that, that you see and how can we start to set some things up to half-retire?
1: hey we've got a problem here well first so the first we have a six-step process that we follow and the first is what we call the magnet meaning you have to have a reason to do this or else it's not going to work. I call it pull versus push. You know, The try harder plan never works. Every business owner is already trying hard, and they always default to, hey, I know how I'll get X initiative done. I'll basically push on the gas harder, and the gas is already to the floor. There is no trying harder. You're already trying hard enough. That's not the answer. The answer is try different, not try hard. So if you don't have a reason, I got a guy in your neck of the woods that's 39 years old that's half retiring because he wants to surf more. That's cool. That's his magnet. That's his magnet, man. I, you know, I, I built this business. I make a million bucks a year. I don't really need more than that. And what I really love to do is surf and I'd love to, you know, take surf lessons from a pro and travel around the world and surf and blah, blah, blah. That's that's a great magnet, right? That's a reason to get your business working for you instead of you working for your business.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, 39 years old, you talked about the scenario where you were 25 years old. What, who is an ideal person that can set themselves up for half retirement? I mean, are we talking somebody who's in the startup phase? Are we talking somebody who has something established? I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. So
1: startup stage would be interesting. I mean, certainly you you said it in the introduction. Do you have a plan to exit your business when you start your business? And certainly people that are that are venture funded or, or have private equity or you know are more sophisticated always have that exit strategy in place. Most the bulk of business owners do not have that in place, and it just comes about when it either plateaus or they're getting fed up. You know, business owners get bored. You know, my wife always joked about me having a five-year window and I needed to move on to something else. Now I've been doing this for 20 years, but I certainly have done a lot of different things in those 20 years because uh, I do get bored after five years and you've kind of done what you're going to do and you go, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Now what I'm going to do? So if, if you are, certainly there's a, a group that's, let's say, 60 plus that is an exceptionally good fit for this because they are much more stuck than you are. Mm. You have options. I mean, if you really had to, you could go, I don't want to do this anymore. Here's the keys. Walk away and go take your time and talents elsewhere and you'd be okay. It wouldn't be the smartest move, but you would be okay. But when you're 60 or 65 years old and you spent 20 or 30 years in a business and you're making good money and you have an asset that's probably worth seven figures, but you realize that you can't sell it for enough to comfortably retire and I'll tell you something I've learned working with this this crowd is when your income shuts off, your life gets very stressful.
0: Mm, yeah, totally I, I
1: know a person that has five million dollars in the bank and sweats buying a bottle of wine at dinner. And you know why? Because he doesn't have income anymore. If, yeah. if you and I make a stupid mistake, we buy a stock we shouldn't have and it completely goes to zero. We go, boy, what an idiot I am. I guess I'll have to make it back right? You just make it back. But if you don't have income and now you're on fixed income, I had somebody call it uh, fear of fixed income. And I'm like, I'm going to steal that from you because that's exactly what it is. You shut off your income, your life is going to get worse unless you have, you know, Elon Musk money. Let's call it 10 million bucks. If you got 10 million bucks, ignore what I said. But if you don't have 10 million bucks, I promise you're going to sweat money and all the financial planners will tell you, oh no, you only need, you know, $3.2 $3.2 million or $1.8 million. And of course that plan is based upon you will die at 87 years old and spend every cent that you have. And no one mm-hmm. wants to do it like that. You know? Not
0: smart financial planning that way. You're, you're exactly right. So, okay. Okay. Um, when we're talking about this, I mean, there's so many opportunities right now for different types of businesses to set up different types of automations. Never in our lifetime have we had the opportunity for software, for example, to automate a lot of the things that we do in our business. Um, never in our lifetime have we really opened up the ability to hire people in other parts of the world other than right here at home to run our businesses. So At what level are we talking about where the income stream is something that we can automate? Is this something that we can set up? Why wait till I'm 65 when we can set these things up and start building multiple assets, multiple income streams as we move forward?
1: Sure. And that's a little bit of a a generational thing. Uh, So I'm going to amalgamize people. If we're talking people 55 and over, they are very reticent to do things like you're talking about. I mean, mm. I've been offshoring since 1997. You know, back before any of these boards that you've heard of existed. You know, I was doing that because I am of the opinion that I want a business model that's a dimmer switch, not a light switch. You know, the most expensive mm. the most expensive thing in your business is employees. They have an asset, but I, I don't know if you've ever had this situation. But I've had a situation where maybe I overhired for a position. And I found myself wanting to find work for them because I'm cheap, like every business owner. And I'm yeah. like, oh, wait a minute, Mary needs something to do. And now all of a sudden, before I know it, I've made myself a new job called making sure that Mary has something to do. <laughs> I don't know if you've yeah. ever done that, but Guilty. I sure am. Absolutely. And, yeah. And, and, and then well, that's stupid. Your time is the most valuable in the entire organization, and you literally have flipped it upside down and you're doing it the wrong way. Now, the most talented and expensive person is finding work for perhaps the least talented and expensive person, the new person, so that they can stay busy. And I said, I just don't want to do that. I want it like a dimmer switch where if I, our IT guy uh, actually moved to Canada recently, but he was in India for many years. And there's some weeks he doesn't even do anything for us. And some weeks he works 50 hours. Mm. And that's what I want. I want to be able, if I need him, I'll pay him. If I don't need him, I don't want to pay him.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that's that's a little bit different. That's that's the whole value of having the outsource thing, right? It's more like a gig economy. Like this is what your job task is. I need you to complete it. But that person that you're bringing on board is also a ten at what they do. It's different because you know you might be the most valuable time asset in your business, but it doesn't mean that you have all the greatest skills to complete the task. It'll take me, you know, ten times as long to complete that same task that'll take him. And I'll, I'm willing to pay that difference. How, how do you switch that mindset over so they're not you know, worrying about paying somebody for something? Because you're right. I, a lot of business owners always look at that bottom line and they're cheap versus trying to quantitate that time value.
1: Well, this is a complicated issue and and, and I'm, I may drift into psychotherapy here and I'm not <laughs> qualified at all. Um, but I have been around a lot of business owners and I think just like a typical business owner too. I have my own quirks. But I, I think a, a couple of thoughts. Number one, I think that we view our own time as free, right? Mm, Why yeah. would I pay? And then you couple that with another very common one of, I don't view it as the business's money. I view it as my money. And mm. I know that if I spend I've got an artist that we, that we use in in Argentina and he's fairly expensive. He's 30 bucks an hour. That's pretty expensive, but he's, he's good. And you know, eventually you graduate to that. You get $5 artists and they're not very good. And then 10, and then eventually you go, I just need somebody good uh, and I'll pay. And and so if I give him a PowerPoint deck, it might be $500 to get it the way that I want. And so the real question is, is it worth the $500 to the business and Here's part three, do I have faith enough in my business to lay down that $500 bet? Mm. And I think that a lot of people, when it really comes down to it, don't have faith in their business model that they will make more than that back and that that is part of why they cheap out. And if that is the case, fix your business model.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. And and it, it is a, a confidence issue and a steam issue there. Uh, and I heard it said before that money is the most replenishable power source on the planet. Like we could go out and make more and go earn more. Uh, that shouldn't be an issue. And yet it's one of those major roadblocks for a lot of businesses. Cash flow problems. I mean, everybody has them. We have them in our personal lives just as badly as we have them in our business life. Uh, when you talk about, you know, I guess it's, it's a it's a matter of co-mingling, right? It's this is the business's money versus my money. Um, I think some of that mentality is because at the end of the day, a lot of business owners don't get paid until everything else is paid out. Uh, do you have to sit down and have some of these P and L conversations, some of these cash flow statement conversations with them, and 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 restructure some of those things?
1: Well, it could be. And, you know, there's there's a lot of talk around this pay yourself first, uh, you know, and there's books that are written on it. And there's, you know, consulting firms that basically this is their main thing. And they're like, no, the first thing you do is you pay yourself 100 grand and then everything else is on top of that. And that's a lovely theory if it's there, because (laughs) if if I've got a break even business and I go, OK, I've had enough of this, I'm just going to cut the first 250 grand for myself. uh, And then it's not there Uh, two weeks later and I've got a payroll going. I now have a decision of, do I want to end my lease and get rid of my building? Do I want to cut some actual employees? And maybe it's there, but it assumes that there's waste there, right? It's a lot easier to grow out of that than it is to, to, you know, you don't cost save your way to success. There's never been somebody on the cover of Time Magazine that said, I saved my way to success. Right. Not a one. That is so true.
0: That That is so true. you,
1: You grow your way to success. And so I always say you have to buy your time back. The situation that you were describing is not only are you getting better expertise, which I think you eventually learn by doing enough and you go, oh, this PowerPoint deck I did myself is good enough, but it's not great. You know, I can't do a great deck. I, I have to write the copy for all my stuff. Right. I can't. uh, Copywriting is something I I mean, I know even Frank Kern talks about it where he does his own copywriting. You just can't get someone that is the creator you are to to write the copy. Now, if you can't do it, then fine, hire a copywriter. But know that you should probably edit it because they just don't have that flavor that a business owner has. So but I can't do graphics. I can barely draw a stick band. And then that makes it easier (laughs) To, to hire someone that's that's really good. And you know in this world graphics matter. I mean look at all the great graphics you guys have uh, that that's a lot better than you and me on a split zoom screen.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and, and again, technology's made it just that much easier. You have to learn a little bit less, but there's still professionals who can take your stuff to a whole new level. I mean, I didn't make a lot of our logo stuff. I hired somebody to do that because I, I'm like you. My stick figures are lucky if they have two legs. Like I mean, they, they're not very good uh, drawings and animations, but once I have some of that stuff done by a professional, it allowed me to make a lot of other cool things using the, the tools that they've created for me. So... There are a lot of people out there who are in a position, who are who are looking at retirement, maybe an exit strategy, and maybe it's not today, but they're planning on, on co- it's coming up. I mean, I think it's some number, like 10,000 people are turning 65 every single day for the next few years here. So there are people who are looking to exit, to, to get, to become half-retired. So what's that process like if people wanna work with you? <laughs>
1: Well, we've got a couple different ways that people work. So the first thing is I would definitely just get the book because I, I talked to a lot of people that are like, hey, I read the book. I got a lot from the book. The book definitely lays out our six step plan in detail. And you can you can get quite a bit done from that. I found that, the you know, the A players tend to plateau. Right. Mm -hmm. They get a bunch done. They go, hey, I've cut down to four days a week or I've cut down to three days a week and I'm still making the same money and I'm much happier. But I want more. And now I'm stuck. And so we have a a couple of offerings. We've got a training portal that we train uh, exactly how to do this six step process that we have for half retirement. Uh, I also run a boot camp. We're in the middle of that boot camp right now. Uh, That is a six week boot camp. We do it once a quarter. And we bring business owners together. I think there's a lot of value in that, you know, where uh, I've got a couple of construction companies in this one. And so they're like, oh, well, wait a minute. What are you doing about this? What are you doing about that? Because business owners learn a lot from other business owners. And so everyone in there is all looking to half retire. And then you combine the process and the techniques that we'll teach them, like how do you untangle this hairball? You know, how do you find your Picasso work? What is Picasso work? What is it Picasso work? You know, how do you create what we call a canary in a coal mine? Because if you're not there, but two half days a week, you need a way to know if things are about to go wrong, just like the canary dies Mm -hmm. in the coal mine and, you know, get out of there before the methane gas kills you. Uh, you need that for your business. And and we have systems that we create so that you're able to monitor your business, but you don't need to monitor it with your eyeballs. You don't need to be there.
0: I love that. And and talk to me a little bit more about Masterclass and meeting with a lot of entrepreneurs because the, the fact of the matter is, my podcast and and interviewing people just like you has been some of the greatest education in business that I've ever come across. And it's just the ability to talk to another business owner that is having their own problems or going through their own successes or has tried certain strategies and tactics and processes and softwares or whatever it is that they're going through. The ability to have a conversation with another entrepreneur is priceless. How does that happen with you guys?
1: Well, I run an organization that does that. So it's easy for me. So uh, uh, my business started with a company called CEO Focus that is mastermind groups for business owners. So I, I've run hundreds of mastermind meetings and, and you know done all those 11,000 one-to-ones you know, through that organization. And, and yes, it's a privilege, right? I've been privileged to help a lot of business owners accomplish some pretty cool stuff. And I get to learn all, along the way. I always joke that I'm just a bumblebee. You know, I go from flower to flower and spread the pollen around. Now, I think I've got some ability to take what? this person is doing that theoretically doesn't apply to this person, add some other, uh, you know, maybe gym magic to that and turn that into something that's pretty cool for you. uh, Or in this case, a system, right? Uh, I've never, I didn't meet anyone that had the half retire system. And Picasso work, that's a gym thing. That's not something I learned from somebody else. That's something I realized entrepreneurs struggled to delegate. And I asked myself why. And so I figured out a system First, I figured out that the problem wasn't delegation, we actually banned the word in half retirement, because delegation means, hey, I I figured it out. You know what Jim's right, I am working too hard. I'm not going to do that work anymore. You do it, you do it. And guess what? (laughs) How often does that work?
0: Never, never. Nobody, never. nobody ever is going to work as hard or as dedicated in your business as you are. You have to have the systems in place. The only reason McDonald's, for example, is successful is because the systems are there so that somebody else can run the system, not necessarily do or, or, or make hamburgers as passionate as as the uh, McDonald's brothers did at the very beginning. Right. Like that, that doesn't exist. You cannot delegate your way to the top, but you can systematize your way there.
1: Yeah, and it's harder than you think, though, because uh, so, for instance, you know, a lot of people use McDonald's and it's a great system, right? They can get people that uh, I would say, if we traded your employees, people complain about their employees. I go, if we traded your employees for McDonald's employees, how would your employees do <laughs> at McDonald's? They go pretty good. How would the McDonald's employees do at your place? And they're like, I'd, I'd burn the place to the ground first, right? Before exactly. I let those people work in my business. And it's like, exactly. That's the power of those systems. But I, I think that part of the magic is, so so in step two of our process is actually mindset work. And this one surprised me as even as I was writing the book, because there are mindsets that you have to build your business that actually work against you if you want to half retire. And and so we need to remap, we need to remap those. But one of them is how you think about delegation. And we tend to think about delegation as a a hairball, I call it task bundling. So for instance, changing a light bulb is 14 separate steps, not one Mm -hmm. You know, Jim, change the light bulb is not one thing, and that's how people delegate, and that's why we don't use the word. I'm going to delegate the light bulb changing to Jim. The problem is you are delegating 14 things. Usually some of those 14 steps are Picasso work, which is undelegable. So now you're trying to delegate something that a portion of it cannot be done by someone else. That is why it fails. Not because you're stupid or you don't know how to delegate or you're a control freak or any of that. It's, a, it's impossible. And if you can, if you could break it down and fractionalize it, that's the F in fever. That, that we use. If you can fractionalize it, then we can figure out which of that is the easiest to delegate, start working there and then work up through the five phases of delegation. There's five phases. The fifth phase is the Picasso work, the stuff you can't delegate and you probably don't want to because it's worth a grand an hour or two grand an hour. And why would you give up that work when I can pay you two grand an hour to do it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, I got to find my Picasso work. All right, Jim, you you are literally just dropping gem after gem after gem here today. So I know there's going to be people who want to half retire. They want to make their way out. So to my little friend. How do they get a hold of you?
1: Uh, if you go to halfretire.com, there's lots of great resources. I and mean, You can reach out and contact us, but there's a free course you can take. Uh, there's obviously a link to the book, the books on Amazon, the books on audible. You can find the book anywhere, just type half retire book and you'll, and you'll find the book, uh, anywhere, but, uh, I would take the free course, uh, download the half retire blueprint. There's lots of great resources that you can get there that are all free.
0: Perfect. All right, Jim. I mean, you again what people are not understanding is that when they have a business and they're doing everything it's not a business so you're owning your job and if you ever want to get yourself out of that you need to have a strategy in place and jim's allowing us the opportunity to do just that www.halfretired.com halfretired.com go check it out so many cool freebies there including the opportunity for you to purchase the book or get it on audible because that's the way i listen to books but here's the thing uh jim and correct me if i'm wrong it's one thing to read the book it's one thing to take the downloads it's a whole nother thing to actually implement what you're learning am i right
1: yeah, what what I see getting done in the workshop versus the people that are like, hey, I love your book. You know, you know, what about this and this? It, you know what the reality of it is? It's very hard to do something yourself in business. I mean, you have to go up and then do your job. But doing something like this that is, you know, complex, but it is worth. I mean, the average half retiree adds over a million dollars to their net worth. It's a big mm-hmm. deal. And you don't need to have a huge business for that to happen. Uh, you could add hundreds of thousands of dollars to your net worth by half retiring. Well, if you're going to do something that's significant, you don't buy a $15 book and figure that that's all you need. Right. (laughs) Probably going to take more than that.
0: It definitely going to take more than that. But step one is you got to take action. So ladies and gents, half retired.com half retired.com. You got to start somewhere. Take that first step. Jim, thank you very much for hopping on the show today. I got one last question for you. Uh, We're big on video testimonials. That is exactly how we get more customers, more listeners. What was your experience like on the Business Bros? It
1: was great. I appreciate being here. I think you guys do a great job and I'm a huge fan of video testimonials. Uh, I think it's also great that you go out and get them for people because that's the hard part. I mean, everybody knows that videos are powerful. Everybody knows that it helps you sell stuff, but it's such a pain to go get them. So uh, kudos for what you do
0: thank you very much ladies and gents that's it that's what we got for you guys today Halfretire.com. you don't have to sell your business you don't have to get rid of it you just got to turn it into something that is a huge asset for you so that maybe you can enjoy the california surf (laughs) that's all i got for you guys today ladies and gentlemen we'll see you guys again manana peace and we're out Thanks for watching the business bros. If you're ready to get more clients and want to work with the business bro, visit
1: our website, www.businessbros.biz and click on the need more customers button or learn how to generate more referrals with our video testimonial packages. Go to www.businessbros.biz and start getting more customers.